Today we're going to talk about my history with the Super Bowl. Ooh, awesome. Very cool. Let's go all the way back, way, way, way back to the 1970s. My mom managed a 7-Eleven when I was growing up, and I used to hang out at her store a lot. You know why? Because I'd buy one big gulp, and then I'd get all the Dr. Pepper I wanted for free for the rest of the day. Ah, that, right? that's where your addiction started. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> where it started. So back in the 70s, 7-Eleven used to rent little 13-inch televisions. No kidding. I remember it was January 1978. It was just before I turned 10 years old. And the Super Bowl was the Dallas Cowboys beating the Denver Broncos 27 to 10. And I watched it. And I'm telling you, man, I was hooked, right? Yeah. I started dreaming about not just attending a Super Bowl, but playing in one, obviously, like, like a lot of kids did, right? Absolutely. So before I jump into sharing my first Super Bowl experience live, I'd like to go over two quick things. The first of which is, Jonathan, do you remember Nerf footballs, those sponge footballs? Oh, yeah, totally. I had tons of those as a kid growing up, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I needed to teach myself how to catch a football. And so what I did, and my mom and dad hated this, but, <laughs> you know, what I did is I got them to buy me a Nerf football, those like sponge footballs. And I went to the garage and took one of my dad's saws and I sawed off one end of the football so it would be flat. Okay, right? okay. And then what I do is I'd go to my bedroom and I'd throw the flat part of the football against the wall. Oh right? man. So would it would it bounce back to you pretty like straight at you or would it kind of ricochet off to the sides? No, no, it would ricochet off to the sides, which was perfect because I shared a bedroom with my uh, cousin. So we had two twin beds on either side of the room and then carpet in the middle. Yeah. Right. And so when I'd heave the football against the wall, because it's a sponge, I'd never know where it's going to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'd have to react really quickly and I'd have to teach my body how to twist and turn and keep my right side available because I can't catch with my left side, right? Yeah, yeah. So I used to do this constantly, and that's how I learned how to catch a football. <laughs> that's right? awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. And my mom and dad were all, would always pound on my door and like, stop that, stop pounding the wall, right? <laughs> would, you, but, would you like dive onto the bed to, you know, to make a glorious catch some of the times? Yeah, I would. I would a lot. And here's the funny thing. Sometimes I would miss the bed and fall hard, right? And, and either scrape my knee on the side of the bed or hit the dresser drawer. And my mom and dad would be like, you're crazy. What are you doing, Hamad? You, you like, you're bleeding. And then, you know, Jonathan, I'd look at them and I'd be like, all football players bleed, mom. This is just part. <laughs> this is just part of the game. <laughs> exactly, right? So it's mm. still my favorite sport, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, me too. And you know, and then the the second thing that was the first thing. The second thing that happened that really launched me into attending Super Bowls for my birthday is how I went to England for a concert in June of 1990 and how I roomed with a random guy named Gary, who at the time was 45 years old. I was in my early 20s. And the first thing Gary told me is he said, look, we're going to be roommates, so I want to be honest with you. 
I'm dying of AIDS, right? Mm -hmm. But what Gary taught me is he said, look, kid, you're in your early 20s. What do you really want to do in life? And, and I told Gary, I said, I want to go to UCLA Film School. And, you know, I really want to go to the Super Bowl for my birthday. So Gary just said, listen, kid, if you want to go to UCLA Film School, you need to apply. And if you want to go to the Super Bowl for your birthday, you need to try. Anyone that knows me knows that it was always a topic of conversation that I wanted to go to the Super Bowl. And I, I try to get a roommate of mine or a couple buddies of mine to drive to um, the Super Bowl in Tampa the year, I think it was 90 or 91. No one would do it, right? They're like, dude, you want to drive across the entire country without tickets to try to go to a game? <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, let's just try. Let's go, right? So it didn't happen. But what did happen on January 31, 1993, which incidentally is my birthday, yeah. the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles, right? So my roommate Larry from my undergraduate school from Cal State Northridge, he, who is still a great friend of mine, he was one of the groomsmen at my wedding, Larry told me in 1992, he's like, hey, look, man, the Super Bowl is going to beat the Rose Bowl next year. And my business fraternity is going to be hosting a concession stand at the Super Bowl that will sell beer. Right? Okay, okay. Because back then, you could volunteer at a concession stand at the Super Bowl, and they would give your organization part of the sales or something like that. No right? kidding. So I did not have a ticket to my first Super Bowl. He just told me, look, I'll get you in. I know you're not in the fraternity, but I'll get you in as a volunteer, but you have to pour beer. Right. Yeah. So, which, which is really funny because I don't drink. All I drink is Dr. Pepper. I right. don't drink alcohol. Yeah. So, so there I was with my Dr. Pepper, you know, between my legs or under the counter, pouring beer at the Super Bowl. And the Dallas Cowboys were blowing out the Buffalo Bills pretty early on. So as halftime happened, what my buddy Larry did is he started telling people that were coming to get a beer. He started saying, hey, look, it's a blowout. It's a blowout, and today's my friend Hamad's birthday. If anyone's leaving the game, please give him your ticket, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people are like, are you crazy? We're not going to leave the Super Bowl. Who cares if it's his birthday, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Jonathan, five minutes into halftime, a reporter from New Orleans walks over to Larry, and he says, prove to me it's your friend's birthday. And Larry's like, Hamad, show him your license, right? <laughs> yeah. So I pull out my, my driver's license, and it says January 31. And then the guy takes out the Super Bowl ticket, and he hands it to me, and he says, happy birthday, kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you giving me your Super Bowl ticket? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm a reporter from New Orleans. I, I have a press pass. I don't need the ticket, right? Oh, man. So I gave Larry this look, and he's like, go, go, go. I'll cover for you. Just go. So here's the interesting thing. My favorite number is 31, and my birthday is January 31st, which is why it's my favorite number. Yeah. This random ticket I got was row 77, and it was seat number 031. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> it blew me away because I'm like, this is a sign. Gary was right. I should be doing this for my birthday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I ran up to my seat in the 77th row, which took a hell of a long time because I had to limp <laughs> all the way up 77 rows. And the first thing I saw at that Super Bowl was the Michael Jackson halftime show. Oh, man. Which was 
unbelievable. I didn't see all of it, but I caught like two thirds of it. Right. Yeah. And it was just crazy good. It was awesome. I watched the second half, tears rolling down my face, so intensely happy that Larry like allowed me to do this. Yeah. And I just told myself, I looked up at the sky and I'm like, Gary, wherever you are, but I didn't even know if he'd passed away yet or not because it was three years after I'd met him. Yeah. And I just said, wherever you are, buddy, man, I'm going to do this every single year for as long as I can. And uh, and I've made good on that promise. Man, that's, right? that's pretty awesome. The Super Bowl means so much to me. When my wife and I were planning to have children, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I told my wife, I'm like, listen, I love you to death, and I know this is going to come out wrong, so don't take it the wrong way. But could we not have kids any time around my birthday slash around <laughs> the Super Bowl? And and she's like, why would you say that? Children are a gift from God, and we should accept them whenever we get them. And I said, yes, you're right. That is true. But if they're born too close to my birthday, I won't be able to go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) And as luck would have it, my daughters were born on June 30th. So not only is it half a year away from my birthday, but... It's also right after the NBA Finals end, and being a Lakers season ticket holder, it's like perfect, right? (laughs) That was my first Super Bowl experience. And then what I'd like to do, if you don't mind, is I just want to mention a few other Super Bowl-related experiences and a few halftime shows that are pretty unforgettable. Yeah, definitely. Super Bowl 36 was the next one that was intensely memorable. That was Tom Brady's first win. It was memorable for two major reasons. First of all, it ended on a field goal with time expiring, which was unbelievably fun to watch. And secondly, and I know you remember this, it was the year of 9-11. It was the first Super Bowl after 9-11. Yeah. Right? So what I really remember about that, you two played the halftime show. Mm. And while they played The Streets Have No Name, they scrolled all of the 3,000 Americans that perished in 9-11. Oh, wow. They they scrolled all their names on the inside of the Superdome walls. And I got to tell you, Jonathan, I think there's only two days in my life that I cried as hard as I cried that moment. One was that moment, looking at all the names of 9-11, scrolled the walls of the Superdome while you two singing The Streets Have No Name. Mm, That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And the second one was my, my last dog, Pepper. When he died, I cried for like three weeks. <laughs> I did. I did. I cried for three whole weeks when Pepper died. That was a really magical Super Bowl experience, too, because it felt like America was really uniting, mm, you know? Mm, yeah. Okay, so for me to be in that moment was unreal, yeah. really beautiful, Yeah. you know? I meet a lot of magical people at the Super Bowl, right? Mm. But there's two people in particular that I met at a Super Bowl game that I will never forget, and they do inspire me daily. Mm. It's, do you remember Mike Utley? Yes. Did he play for the Buccaneers? No, Utley played for the Detroit Lions. He was the one that was paralyzed on the field, and he's the one that gave the thumbs up. 
Uh, right? yes. As they were giving him, remember that yes. years ago? Yes. I sat next to Mike and his wife, Danny, and they are two of the most inspirational, amazing people. Because, you know, Mike's been in a wheelchair since that accident. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, the guy is one of the strongest people I know. I mean, if you, if you see him in person, he is really, really strong. And his wife, Danny, is just amazing. And to sit next to po- people as positive as Mike and Danny Utley was just an intense inspiration for me, mm, you know? Mm, yeah. And then the day I fell in love with my wife all over again, it was before we were engaged, is the Miami Super Bowl in 2007, the year that Peyton Manning won his yeah, first. Yep. What was memorable about that, because the game was kind of boring, Prince did the halftime show, mm. and he sang Purple Rain in the rain. Yeah, it, it was, just started raining out of nowhere during a halftime, right? No, no, no. It was raining all day long. Oh, okay. It was I, couldn't, I couldn't remember. It, it was pouring rain, really, really hard rain all day. And, you know, I mentioned that's when I fell in love with my wife all over again. The reason is... We were, and it was warm, it was 80 degrees, but we were drenched in rain, right? Yeah. So in the middle of the second quarter, I turned to my wife and I said, hey, sweetie, I know we're both drenched. If you want to leave, I'll leave the game. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And, And she just turned to me and smiled and she goes, no, we're here till the very last second. And I just thought, you know what? This person doesn't even like football that much. It's pouring rain and she's willing to sit next to me for another three hours right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> this this is a keeper you should you should have proposed to her right there <laughs> i know i probably should have 